Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to The Leadership File, your weekly show inspiring you to lead for Christ wherever you are. I'm Andy Peck, your host, thanking you for joining us. And whether you're listening live or one of the many thousands who listen via the podcast, it's great to have you along. If you're new to the show, a reminder the show is available on demand via premierradio.com or via iTunes or Podbean. And my aim with the shows is to provide knowledge, skills and attitudes for a Christian to lead so that God's work is advanced. So do continue to join us and God helping us, we will flourish in his ways. So to this week, every church has a job to make disciples, but in practice many know that it's not a lot is going on. This was the case for Russell Godwood, who served as a pastor of a church in Essex, and although grateful for all that was happening, he sensed God stirring to make disciples of people far from God in a greater way. And so for March 2016, he left pastoral ministry and has served with an organisation known as the Move uh, Network. So welcome, uh, Russell, to the Leadership File. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having us today. Uh, so how did you come to be in pastoral ministry? You have quite a story, I understand. Um, oh, I was brought up in a Christian home, and Dad was an Assemblies of God minister, um, always always in sort of this part of Essex. And I remember responding to Jesus when Dad was preaching one night in the gospel service as a child, and uh, that, that was really my first response to Jesus. Um, yeah, and then, you know, when I, when I got to my late teens, just really felt God stirring my heart into sort of leadership and pastoral ministry. Um, yeah, so that's, that's really the way God led us. Mum and dad in their 50s went off to East Africa and uh, to Uganda uh, to work as missionaries. And the church transitioned, the, the church they were leading transitioned at that time. And they handed over to a team and the team then um, asked me to take on the leadership. Yeah, and that's about 20, 25 years ago now. Um, and how did this move uh, away from serving a church and pastoral ministry come about, uh, Russell? Oh, um, we'd we'd tried numbers of things really as a church, just feeling really stirred as to how we engage people, and we describe that as people now that are far from God. Um, so we really felt stirred and challenged about that. Really tried to develop some strong missional emphasis in the church um and uh, you know that that got us so far um got us engaging with people in much more effective ways um, but still led us to a point where we weren't strong or really confident in sharing the gospel with people up front and seeing people you know very regularly and consistently turn and follow jesus and become uh, new disciples um so that was really our prayer uh, we'd we'd got so far with that, and um, yeah, that you know th- that was the challenge before us. Uh, we faced some personal challenges at that time. Uh, we lost our son to cancer about six years ago, which was you know obviously as you can imagine a real difficult time for us. Oh boy! But but I think really that just that sort of gave us two choices really. So some people say you know how how does that affect your faith um, losing your son? Um, for us, it was really a case of, you know, where else do we go? So we just drove into God and, you know, p- 
prayed increasingly that God would bring us through, but that ultimately in all of this we would learn, you know, God, what's it going to look like to really make disciples of people? Um, we, we met some friends um, who were living in England. They were from Australia, and, and they led the MOVE network. Um, they came and did some training for us as a church, and we just began to learn some very simple ways of engaging people, people that were far from God, um, sharing the gospel with them in a very clear way up front, um, you know, and in a very authentic um, way as well, which was really helpful for us. That was something we were looking for. And uh, and to really begin to make disciples of people that were far from God, and that's about sort of four or five years ago now. Right, right. Um, yeah. So you had a... Um uh, I mean, would you say it was the message that was the problem, or you know, before, or was it just the fact that you weren't engaging with people? Um, as a church, we were engaging a lot of people. We had, you know, preschool and, uh, running every day with hundreds of parents. We had a full daycare nursery. We had youth programs and kids programs. We ran the debt, debt re- the cap debt recovery program for the borough. Um, we ran the food bank for the borough, feeding 4,000 people a year. So all of these things are going on, um, and, and it's very exciting. But really, it was that move from just meeting people, engaging people, caring for them in genuine and real ways and in, in important ways, but really moving from that to how do, we, how do we share the gospel with these people up front? That's what That's what everybody's real need is. This is you know, the most exciting and important thing we have to share with people. Mm-hmm. So uh, with with the food bank, we'd often pray with people. But again, just the confidence to move beyond just praying for people to really sharing the gospel uh, in a way that we would describe as generously, you know, generously seed sowing everywhere we go with everyone we meet. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't think it was the message. I think really it was us. Um, and that would be one of my observations of us as the church in the UK. Do we really have a confidence in the gospel um, itself? And are, are we willing to just step out and ask people, you know, could I pray for you? Could I share the gospel with you? And then just share away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and we we hear a lot of people tell us, well, you can't you can't just walk up to people and do that. You can't knock on people's doors. Uh, you can't just go up to a friend and say, hi, I've been thinking about you. Can I pray? Can I share the gospel? You know, you need to spend many years building relationships. And uh, we just found, you know, that we spent decades of our life building relationship with people, um, but ultimately still never got to share the gospel with them sure. in a way that they could respond and yeah. uh, follow Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That, that's changed for us now. Yeah, so we yeah, we build bridges, but but nobody ever walks across them <laughs> kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We've become experts at that as well. You know, and there's and there's a lot of good uh, in that. You know, the, the rediscovery of social justice and, and action within our churches to really care for people is wonderful, but... You know, it's the gospel that people need. Yeah, yeah. So I understand you had a, a, a th- kind of thirty days of harvest uh, time yeah. in 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 Corringham and Stanford La Hope, which is in the Essex area where you, where you're from. Um, and how did that go? You had a kind of particular focus yourself and, and other members of the team. Yes, that's right. We've been doing this for uh, this was the 
would be the third year we've done that. Um, mm. And we sort of stumbled on it three years ago. But 30 days in the harvest is usually takes place around the month of May, so May 2019. Um, and what I do is I literally just clear my diary completely of everything. Um, and I spend 30 days, the whole month really, um, just given to going out to sharing the gospel with people in my community. Um, you know, we'll work for six days doing that, uh, maybe seven or eight hours a day, and then rest one day, take a Sabbath rest, and then go again. And, um, yeah, we, we do that every May. And members of our local team join us for that. You know, we, we might have a team of six or eight people on some days out with us, um, might have churches join us. Um, might just have individuals join us. I had a guy fly over from Canada for two and a half weeks, a pastor there, uh, to to learn what we were doing and spent two and a half weeks with us in the harvest. Mm. So, yeah, just literally every day just getting up, uh, 10 o'clock meeting to pray, 10.30 a.m., just heading out into a part of the community. Um, that might involve going door knocking around residential neighborhoods. Um, it might just involve heading out into parts of town where we know we're going to find people you know the park the cafes the high street the shopping center those sorts of places and we're not a big town so uh, you know we're about thirty thousand. so it's not a big built-up shopping area uh, so we're going to meet local people and uh, or it might involve just going to visit friends and hanging out with friends um, or people we know in in certain places and and just really often just saying, hi, we're out today caring for the community. Could we pray for you? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's usually, we describe that as our engagement tool, um, just our way of saying hi to people and engaging them. Um, so we we spoke to 737 people. Wow, that's, over, that's staggering. Yeah, uh, yeah over a 30-day period. You know, and and often we think, well, you can't just do that. You can't just walk up to people. You can't knock on their doors um, uh, and just do that. But we were finding everywhere, you know, people were ready to engage us. So 737 people we spoke to, and that would have involved saying, hi, we're caring for our community. Can we pray for you? And then we just really listened to what the response to that is. Um, You know, sometimes it's no, and, and that's fine. We'll, we'll say thank you and smile and go meet somebody else. Um, other people are not sure. They've never been offered prayer before in their lives. They're not really sure what that means. So we'll maybe just say, um, if they don't understand, we'll maybe just say, well, you know, maybe we could just pray a blessing on you, on your home or on your family. Um, and we found um, 326 people of the 737, so 44% of people wow. say yes to prayer. Um, sometimes it's higher. Typically what you'll find is if you're speaking to friends and people you know, because they like you and you're a nice person and they trust you to a certain degree, um, they're, they're probably all going to say, yeah, of course you can pray for me. But consistently uh, we're finding, you know, 44% of people saying yes to prayer. And then, but then we just always ask the next question. Um, so it's great praying for people. It's a wonderful thing. But we're desperate for people to hear the gospel. So we would just always ask the next question. And the next question is simply this. Um, thanks for letting us pray. 
could we share with you how we came near to God? Or has anyone ever shared the gospel with you? Has anyone ever shared the message of Jesus with you? And here's the next stat. So 310 of the 737 people said yes to hearing the gospel. So 42% of people said yes to hearing the gospel, which is a staggering stat, really. Just the level of openness. And, um, you know, we're talking, okay, so it's Southeast Essex. It's predominantly white working class. Um, You know, it's secular Britain. And, and, And here... You know, we're talking about 42% of people being open to hearing the gospel. Well, Russell, if I could just step in there, we're just we're going to come yeah. out to break, but we'll look forward to hearing more uh, after the break. So you're listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Russell Godwood. He's telling his story of how he left pastoring a church in Essex to uh, be more deliberate in terms of his sharing of his faith and evangelism. And we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Russell Godwood. Russell was a, a pastor in, in Essex. He felt a, a sense that God was leading, leaving him to lead the pastoral ministry still in the same area, but actually to uh, reach out more deliberately with the, with the gospel, uh, in part by joining in with uh, what's called the MOVE Network. He was involved in Corringham and Stanford La Hope. And before the break, we were to hearing this, the, the amazing stories of 737 737- requesting prayer and then 326 saying yes they're happy to receive prayer and then amazing 310 who were happy to hear the gospel uh shared with them so uh, russell carry on with the story thank you um yeah so that's that was how we engage people and that's some of the stats um and you know we we're just sharing we're just seeking to share the gospel generously um Paul, Paul says in Romans, I think it's Romans 16, he writes to the Romans and he speaks about how he wants to visit them and then he's going to go on to Spain. And then he says these words, because there's no place left for me in these regions. So these regions around Ephesus and Asia Minor, Paul had gone, he'd proclaimed the gospel, he'd made disciples, he'd planted churches, and those churches were now taking the gospel deep into that part of the world. And Paul's work was done, and he's able to say there's no place left. And we're really, you know, just believing God for there to be no place left. Uh, Definitely here in our town, uh, across our borough, but really uh, across these shores of the UK, could we get to a point where there's no place left, where every resident has heard and is hearing the gospel, mouth to ear, with an invitation to follow Jesus? Um, so obviously there, there'll be people who say, no, we're, we're, you know, we're not interested in the gospel in that. You know, you share it with them and, and they don't want to know anymore. And we found about 34% of the people we shared with um, were saying no. But about 34% were interested to know more at one level or another. They weren't ready to follow Jesus, but neither were they rejecting it. And so we would often with those people, just offer to return. You know, maybe we could pop back and meet the rest of the family, maybe share a story of Jesus with you guys. And consistently, every day, we're finding people. We describe them as yellow lights. If you think about a traffic light system, right, so a yeah. yellow light, um, a person who's perhaps ready to hear more about Jesus. And then we found 18 people over those 30 days who were ready to turn and follow Jesus. So 6% 
of everyone we met was ready to turn and follow Jesus. Um, and 82 Christians we met, so 26% of people um, were Christians. And we would, again, we'd explain the same things to them and uh, talk to them in the same way, uh, just so that they then get to see how we're presenting the gospel and engaging people and just really then offering to train them further. Well, well. You've got a bit of musical accompaniment there from, from the sound um, of things. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's my 10.02 alarm, Luke 10, verse 2, every day. Hey, well, uh, there you go. What's, may, may God raise up labourers for the UK is what we pray at 10.02 every morning. Well, that's good. So remind us of the verse again. It's Luke 10, yeah. verse 2, where Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his harvest field. Okay. And uh, we, we pray that every day at 10.02. Our phones go off and, yeah. That helps. Fabulous. Well, and if you're listening and uh, this you know, has meaning for you, maybe you want to you want to do the same as you're listening to yeah. this. So that's terrific. Okay, yeah. fabulous. So uh, I mean, it's clear, clear, Russell, that you're, you're you know you it's been an enthusiastic time. Uh, this is the third year. Have you seen a kind of increase in terms of response over that year, or are you finding actually that having having visited a number of folk, maybe you're going back to the same people, or perhaps you're not getting so much fruit. Um, the the fruit in the UK is really difficult to measure. People will always be saying to us, you know, so are those people that turn and believed, are they now in churches? And, you know, what we're finding is discipleship and follow-ups really hard in the yeah. UK. So yeah. that's something we're praying into and really mm. working at. Um, but consistently we're finding that people are ready to be offered prayer. Mm. They're ready in large numbers to hear the gospel if you would just offer. Hmm. And if you share the gospel, what you're going to find is you're going to find people ready to follow Jesus. About 6% of people are ready to follow Jesus. And then, you know, we, we then have ways of following up and discipling those people. So we're finding fruit everywhere we go, in every town, in every place, amongst every sort of people group, if you like, and um, we're making disciples, and you know, in some cases, those people are joining pre-existing churches. In other places, we're establishing and planting new churches. Wow! Um, and and this this has been wonderful. We're finding this just everywhere. We've got teams all over the UK labouring towards no place left, and everywhere hmm. that people share the gospel in order to make disciples, they're seeing some fruitfulness, which right. is just wonderful. So one one basic question, if I may, Russell, because obviously folk yeah. are listening from from lots of different denominational backgrounds. And when when you when you use the language, share the gospel. What what particular elements of uh, of the truth would you share in that opportunity that you might have out on the streets? Um, we we use we describe it as a gospel tool. Okay. Um, so we have a way that we train people to share the gospel. We're really looking for tools that are biblical. Yeah. Um, it needs to be biblical so that God can use it. Um, but we also want it to be simple. It needs to be simple so that people like me can use it. If it's not simple, I'll probably never share it with anyone. Uh, and then it needs to be reproducible or reproducing and we found a tool that is reproducing across the world and is bearing the fruit of new disciples now it's not all about the tool but the tool is a great way to help us get the job done 
And we call it the three circles. Um, if you if you Google the three circles, you'll probably find a video of it somewhere. Um, but essentially, we just have uh, index cards, and we'll just pull out our index card and our pen, and we'll just draw the first circle, which simply describes the world that we live in as being broken, and we just put like a, a zigzag through it to describe it as being broken. Um, then we draw a second circle. And we put a heart in it. And this describes the way God intended it or created it to be. Um, but we've all left that place and rejected God. And the Bible caused that sin. And then people find ways of escaping the brokenness, but they're like bungee cords. And then we draw a third circle, which just describes the message of Jesus. So Jesus came. He lived a perfect life, but evil men crucified him. God raised him from the dead three days later, overcoming the power of death and destroying the power of sin. And then, uh, you know, if we're ready to turn and believe on Jesus only, taking him as our king, he does a wonderful thing, which is he transforms our lives and gives us a brand new start. And, and it's just a very, very simple tool. Um, and we're looking to share, you know, the key biblical elements of the gospel in a very clear way with then an invitation to follow Jesus. We always just ask people at the end, where are you? And many, many people describe their lives as being broken. Uh, we then ask them, where would you like to be? And they say, well, given the choice, I'd love to be in God's plan. And then we just invite them. We just look them in the eye every time. Just say, is there anything today stopping you turning your life over to following Jesus? Are you ready to do that today? And as, as I've already described, we're finding people everywhere who are ready to do that. Now, not everybody is. Um, and some are like, oh, I'm not sure. And so we'll offer to meet them again because we're, really, we're not looking for decisions. We're really looking for disciples. It's great to share the gospel and see people turn their lives over to Jesus. But, you know, we need to make disciples of those people. Well, it's fa fabulous, Russell. And, and you know, as you share that, there may be people listening even now for whom that's a, a particular help and blessing. We have all sorts of folk, of course, tune into radio, uh, Premier Radio. And, um, yeah, so uh, that's that's fabulous to, to hear that, the simplicity of God's love shared in that in that kind of way. So we're, we're sadly we're coming to the, the end, uh, Russell, but, um, you know, what would you like to say to church leaders listening who aren't perhaps seeing the fruit that they would like in their ministry? Um, I, I've been a church leader, I, I, as we've said, I know what it's like. And um, really, really, it's this, you know, we, we can have confidence in God and his word and the work of the spirit in our world today. You know, if we share generously, uh, you know, the Bible's very clear. If you sow generously, you will reap a generous harvest. And I would encourage church leaders, you know, just what what would it really look like for us to really impact impact our communities with the gospel? Could we get to a point, maybe just on a housing estate or maybe in the whole of our town, where there's no place left, where everybody's consistently hearing the message of Jesus, clearly mouth to ear with an invitation to follow Jesus? I would just encourage leaders, you know, can you find some biblical tools that are simple enough for us to use as people and that are reproducing the fruit of new disciples everywhere. And uh, if, if you haven't got them, we, we have them and you know, we'd love the opportunity to train anybody in the UK that will listen. 
we're very, very happy to train uh, and, and would love to do that. Um, but yeah, let's trust God. Let's trust his word. If we will share the gospel, then we will see the fruit of new disciples. That's fabulous, Russell. So, And how would people get in touch via the Move Network or via No Place Left? Um, the uh, Me directly. Um, shall, I, shall I give you if, an email If, you like, if you're happy to do that, yeah. Yeah, it's Russell, two S's, two L's, dot Godward, G-O-D-W-A-R-D, at movenetwork.org. That's fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Russell. And it's really thrilling to to hear the fruit of your labours, and uh, that'll be an enthusi- that'll be an encouragement and a, and a help to many who are perhaps, you know, finding finding life a, t- a tad tough when it's coming to sharing the yeah. gospel. So, thank you so much. No, thanks for having me, Andy. It's great to talk to you. Bless you. So, this is Andy Peck. Thanking you for joining us. Uh, check out the podcast online on Premier Radio, iTunes, or Podbean, and may God help you as you seek to lead in His name. As we close the words of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian church, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Bye for now. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. 